Marky Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. No, whatever it is. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode 46. With my buddy Ross Yeoman. Uh, Ross has been on the show before a few times, actually. Uh, first time I had him was when he was a greenhorn on the show. Um, and then we had, um, again, another couple of, I think we did like a lockdown episode with the, the beginning of COVID, a phone interview. Um, and then we moved into, uh, I think we did a um, an in-person one followed by one with, um, with Kai as well. So it was like a... Um, a joint uh, guest episode. Uh, this one here is another shed episode. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the um, the the setup. Um, and obviously, if you're just listening to the audio, you should check out um, the YouTube video because you get to see um, get to see the see the layout and a bit more behind the scenes. Um, but before we get into it, we've got the uh, some upcoming dates. So on the seventeenth. Of August, which is a Tuesday, there's the basement open mic. Uh, doors at seven, and um, event kicks off seven thirty. But if you want to get in early, you still can. Um, in in fact, they encourage it if you want to get food or uh, hang out, play some pool or whatever before the gig. They recommend coming in early. Uh, so that one is at the basement in Belconnen um, on the seventeenth of August. Uh, the next one I've got on my radar is. Um, the Boardwalk um, Open Mic in Belconnen. That's on Thursday the 26th, starting at 7.30. Hosted by my buddy Kai Fay. I think we're doing erotic fan fiction this month. I've already got a hot set ready for that one. So you can um, check that one out. It's on the Boardwalk Belconnen's um, Facebook page under the events section. Now, they run uh, Smith's Alternative Open Mic on the first Sunday of every month as the solid position. They sometimes change that as well, so make sure you uh, you uh, check out Smith's Alternative and the um, other various um, comedy Facebook pages um, to ensure that you um, don't miss out on that one. But it's notoriously on the first Sunday of every month, so uh, check that one out. And another gig that I've got on the Horizons... Um, coming up, I'm going to do episodes before this, so I'll talk more about it down the track and obviously share some of the um, events on my social media, um, but I've got a um, charity gig that I'm emceeing on the 10th of September at the basement in Belconnen, and it's called Out of the Shadows. It's a um, charity gig that's been run there with a bunch of bands um, and a couple of cool guests as well, so... Make sure you check that one out. I'm going to be sharing that one on my social media, so you can find that all um, either on the Basements Facebook page under the events section um, or on my uh, social media, which is um, Marky Worthington Comedy on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube, and also on uh, Marky Comedy on Twitter. So thanks for listening so far. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share and rate to uh, help things move along. Cheers. I love love that. It's the Marky Worthington podcast with Marky Worthington. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the 
talking part of the podcast you already heard the intro so there's i would have said a whole bunch of dates and episode numbers and all that sort of formal shit now for the uh now for the cool informal part where i'm just chatting with my buddy ross yeoman how you doing man yeah good man it's good to be back on the back on the pod um it's been a while it has yeah, it's, um, I think the last one we did was an uh, episode with yourself and Kai as well. Was, um, having two guests on the show was cool. We went through like some stories, I think, that sort of shit. But um, a fair bit's changed since then, man. What's been going on in your world? Um, uh, I don't know. I guess the main thing is that on this podcast, I'm not a bottle of vodka deep, um, <laughs> the way it was with you and Kai. Um, I don't know if that's still on YouTube or it's been demonetized or whatever, but... Hasn't even been demonetized. Like, if, if I had if I had enough followers, followers and fans, I'd actually be able to earn money off that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, if Rogan uploaded it, it would be worth something. Yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, you need to get a Jamie as well. Mm. That would be awesome. Yeah, I've I've kind of got it. I've got a behind the scenes Jamie. Um, yeah. yeah, so my sound guy that you've met, um, Dave, that does the um, the sound at the basement when he's available, yeah. is kind of like uh, low-key, like my um, like media guy. Yeah. So um, he's helped me out a lot with all of the, like, uh, I do Twitch streaming and shit, and he's helped me a lot in setting all that up and, like, live videos and that sort of shit. Um, but, yeah, so we went and seen um, Isaac Butterfield, like, a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we're laughing because I'm, like, I'm, like, a budget Isaac Butterfield because <laughs> I'm just, like, a white guy with a beard that's shorter than yeah, him. Yeah, So I'm, like, a sawn-off version of him. And then his fucking Isaac Butterfield's, like, touring sound guy came out and he would look like... My my buddy looked like a budget version of him. <laughs> and I'm, like, fuck, if there wasn't a line like so long to get photos and shit at the end of this thing you, you, i would have been yeah. like i want a photo not just with you but can you get your fucking sound guy out to stand next to my fucking sound guy so yeah. we can look like the fucking wish version of each other that's good um but it was actually good because ryan gallagher um who does a few mics around canberra um lives in goulburn is actually one of the like touring openers for um isaac butterfield like their mates oh nice yeah. so he was um he was doing like little videos at the end of the show on a gopro just being like just doing like random like like chats with audience members after the show yeah um because obviously isaac butterfield's got like a massive youtube following um and that's like content for his youtube um so he put up actually actually got into one of the videos after the canberra tour um which was filmed by um by uh, ryan gallagher like just a quick little gopro interview that he did with me like yeah, in the thing awesome. so um yeah shout out to fucking ryan for like actually being the sort of cool cunt that like will get a good spot on something and then share that with his with people that like he think might help out you know yeah like not that like my comedy career is gonna blow up because i was in a fucking like isaac butterfield video like as an audience member and not as a comedian yeah but it's just cool that like he was like yeah sure man like fucking do you want to be in this video and shit like he could like most most people if they score an opener spot don't have the fucking foresight to go like oh yeah like i'm gonna try and like get a few of my mates in this as well and like yeah. help everybody out like you know it's just cool like when people share stuff like even if i'm going to be at an open mic 
and it's a room that I'm not running. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll fucking be like, hey, I'm going to be at this open mic at this time. You know, come yeah. check it out. It's not my room, I'm, but, like, it helps me in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was listening, I've been listening back to um, to your episodes and stuff. Um, I really like the one. I'm loving the new, new digs, by the way. you got the Joe Rogan vibe on the couch with a cigar and all that. It's killer. Um, the... Um, I'm gonna blank on on the guy's name. Real funny, um, real funny bloke um, who was saying that he opened first stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Phil Crothers. Yeah, Phil. Fuck, that's next level, man. That's, uh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that. So the thing about that gig is, I think out of the whole of everyone that was there phil was the only person that actually met him and it's because he opened like stanhope didn't come out after the gig he the way he runs it is from what i understand because i listened to his podcast and i listened to the episodes that he released while he was in australia yeah what he'll usually do is he'll set up like a base in melbourne and just fly out to each one of his shows and come back that same night. Yeah, okay. Um, so he'll bring his crew with him and they'll all stay in Melbourne and he'll just bring out who he needs for each show and the rest will stay there. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I did start listening. What's his podcast called? Is it just the Doug Stanhope podcast? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started listening to it, but it's just because I'm not drinking at the moment. It's just a struggle because you just, I just want to drink. And have fun the way he does. It is a party <laughs> podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. the best thing, and I think the reason that it's a little bit more niche from most comedians in his um, in his level is it's not fucking crazy. Um, like, it's not a studio style. Mm. They do have a podcasting room, like a studio there. Yeah. But it's got a bar in it. It's got background noise. It's got yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ice cubes getting poured into glasses and all yeah. that sort of shit. Like, it's got a party vibe to it. It's literally like you're just... You've just walked in. You ever walked in... Okay, so as a bartender... I just opened that like I was about to say, like, <laughs> a, a fucking single mum... But oh, as a I bartender, thought you were going to do the like, so a Jew, a Catholic, and a Catholic <laughs> bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that <laughs> I already just wrote an ending to that joke. Oh, like that's, that's how much okay. I can't fucking. <laughs> You're always on, dude. After the last boardwalk I was at, mm. uh, I think it was the the joke bucket mm. where you did really well. Um, I ate shit for a solid six minutes. It was just joke horrible. buckets a hard concept though because it is very spur of the moment. Like yeah, I my, I mean I actually brought mates because I wanted to like you know give the that room, was good though. a bit of love and stuff and yeah. like that yeah they they definitely had fun but um <clears throat> yeah they just thought it was hilarious because my because you incorporated like the story because yours was hair and you were talking about your beard and that surgery and hair. Yeah. And so I had to come up with two jokes that included both of those. I've got the video. I, I record a lot of my sets. And I don't release hardly any of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I release hardly any of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, people knew what I meant. And um, if you're up to fucking episode 46, you know I don't sentence structure good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he can't read good. Um, so I... Um, I record a lot of them just in case something comes out of it which might be a good bit of crowd work or something which I can then say like hey 
thanks for coming out for the show i actually recorded that do you mind if i put it up yeah like and i um i've had a couple of those and i've actually i've had a few people that are like yeah sure whatever who gives a shit yeah um and uh, the the main point is i usually record from like the back of the room or from right in front of the stage so you don't see faces you just hear their interaction and i will caption those i'm working on like a series of videos which i'm calling the crowd work chronicles Mm. and i'm um building up um some in the background so once i kind of get to like a you know a solid like maybe five good like bits of crowd work i'll put that out as like a little youtube video so i'm always like focusing on content and um um the yes i'm always just like focusing on content or focusing on jokes i can't someone can't tell me like a fucking personal situation that they're like you know built up the courage to finally tell someone about it or whatever without me just being like oh there's a bit in there yeah like that immediately pile i've had someone just like uh, i've had other comedians just chat to me about something that wasn't meant to be funny and i'll be like that's a good bit man yeah Um, well you came and spoke to me and my mates after the joke bucket mm. and i think you you had the self-awareness because you said uh, after just when you were leaving you're like Sorry, guys, I feel like I just did another five minutes. <laughs> and I think one of my mates was like, yeah, your stage time was better or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were just completely... That's the audience I want, though. Someone that's willing to just fucking, like, break my balls about something. Mm. Um, oh, so, basically, the punch that I thought to that joke is, like, like a Jew, a Christian, and a white guy walk into the bar, and it was just me. <laughs> 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 it wasn't three fucking people. So, um... Last night, I was hanging out with some friends of mine, and um, one of them was new to the group, mm. and um, he was a bloke from the States, and he was saying that, um, he's like, man, the hard- he's been here for like years, but he said when he first came here, the hardest thing that he had to get used to was like how much we ball bust each other, like, yeah, and yeah. especially people that we like. It's just like... His, I'm like, yeah, dude. It's a term of endearment here in Australia. Like, yeah. like, I know that. Like later in the conversation, um, I did. You wouldn't know, but just for the listeners, a callback um, to the, <laughs> <laughs> um, later in the conversation. I said something um, because he was like fairly like. Um, he was fairly well educated yeah. and someone just you know those random questions you have in life like why do why don't all animals have paws and some have um fuck it instead of them all just having paws why do some have like hooves and shit yeah, yeah. and he gives this like full explanation about like the, um, the full evolution of yeah it. like um pressure how they can apply pressure differently and the structure of their like yeah. bones and all and I'm like just like the history of agricultural farming and why we want this or that, yeah. and like you know fucking selective breeding and all this yeah. shit. And I'm just like, um, I'm like, what did I say? Trust, trust the fucking trust. Trust you to know everything about something that you're not qualified about. <laughs> and um, and he was just like he he like paused for a second. I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. I just broke your balls, dude. That's a term of endearment here. Yeah, and but even the, the like the phrase "breaking balls," I associate that with like America, mm. or more specifically, like 
The Sopranos or like mm. Goodfellas. Yeah, Italian American. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, just busting each other's balls sort of thing until someone gets hit with a pool cue. Right? Yeah, it's like there's always that one dude will, which will take it too far. Like, cause mm. and it's normally the dude that doesn't know how to do it. He'll he'll have a crack at it and he'll yeah. like n- won't know the yeah. the right answer. So I've got a, I've got a <clears throat> I've got a couple of mates. I feel really blessed in this regard. I've got a couple of friends I can't even think of without laughing. Like they're just. And one mate in particular, uh, Gordo, there is just nothing that's off limits yeah. between us. Like, I remember, um, like, I've talked about, you know, having self-harming scars on stage and stuff, so I don't mind mentioning it, but we were over in Tokyo for his wedding. Yeah. And it was, like, the middle of summer there. Um, <clears throat> and um, it was me, him, and one other bloke, and... Um, and the other guy it was like winter in Australia I don't know what the seasons are but the guy said something like oh we're going to be the most tan blokes in Australia when we get back and he immediately jumped on it and went yeah not Roscoe scars don't tan like <laughs> just no hesitation to go there like the other one I was telling a mate about this the other day like this this is the level of Mind you, that sounds a bit spectrumy. <laughs> it's like it is. It's it's an informed opinion that has no fucking um, regard for the human emotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other mate was kind of like, yeah, you know, jaw on the floor. Like, are you are you allowed to say that kind of thing? But I was wetting myself laughing. Dude, the best response is when someone has that jaw on the floor moment. And then they look at you and look at the person. Mm. They're not looking to see if you're okay. They're, They're looking yeah, to see if yeah. it's okay if I laugh. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit if you're upset or not. They want to know if they can actually wet themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like in that... Um, have you seen the video of when Jim Jeffries gets punched on stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that bit where the dude grabs the, grabs the guy that hit him. And he's got it cocked back, and security's already about to drag him off. And he looks at him, and you see the security guard just goes, "All right, then." He fucking <laughs> 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 That's the literally the punchline of of um of the joke. It's like, should I laugh at that? Or <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, I, I was telling someone about this the other day. We, we were at um <clears throat> we were at this guy's uh, grandfather's funeral. Um, and it was a really like it was one of the sort of more light-hearted funerals. Um, like they played the the Monty Python "Look on the Bright Side of Life," yeah. and, you know that kind of thing. And obviously, it got grim, you know, at certain points. And, and as most ups, they usually have a down. Yeah, and when it's a funeral, you know, there's going to be a tear or two. But um, it was at the um, the crematorium in Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and so. You know how invariably after a, after a funeral, people will gather mm. a little bit before they, like, it's not like everyone just sort of, like, waves at the casket and then gets in the car and to the wake so they can get on it. Like Sometimes they don't even counter for that, though. Well, this is, so they didn't. That was, the, this is, I couldn't believe it. So we're all standing out there, um, and we, we knew his, his, his granddad a little bit, nice guy, but we were there predominantly in support, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um... I'm standing between him and the crematorium where all where all the cars are and stuff while we're just milling about and you know that sort of thing, going to make our way to the way. And, and I look behind him, and I shit you not, there is smoke billowing out of the chimney of the crematorium. Fuck. 
Like we'd been out of the thing for like four to five minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. And <laughs> I'm looking at him, but you know when there's a corner of the room you can't look at? Yeah. You have to look at yeah, it. Sort yeah, of thing. So yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to maintain eye contact with him and not look at the smoke behind him. Yeah. And I keep invariably doing it and having these shifty eyes. And he's like, what? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. Don't turn around. You know, there's nothing to turn around for, you know. <laughs> and eventually he sort of cottons on that something's going on. He turns around, sees the smoke billowing out of the thing, and he goes, Grandad! And starts <laughs> grasping at the air. Like, it was, I fucking wet myself. Like, it was so inappropriate. Fuck. And so he and I are just, like, keeled over laughing at this. And, of course, everyone else at the funeral just thinks we're psychopaths. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, and then we had to explain it and everything else, and, but... Yeah, there's just not nothing is off limits with that dude. I've it's heard of things like that, like not just that, but like people that like they sh- sometimes will have like an emotional um, kind of like break where they can only show their like fucking um, emotion by laughing instead of crying, yeah. even if they're yeah. sad. I've heard multiple stories of people at funerals just hysterically laughing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like fuck, dude. Like, well, I, I mean, depending on the funeral. If like, they came to the basement, they might be the only one laughing at my set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that I'm such a badass with my set, dude. I tell fucking jokes that are like PC and shit. Like, oh I, yeah, I think your stuff's fairly tame. Like, it, I, yeah, I, I, I've said this to you before. I like it when you go a little darker. I reckon you have great dark stuff. I feel like sometimes the best shit that I say is in the conversation after the show in the car park talking to four other comedians yeah yeah we've had a few of those sessions like after the basement and yeah stuff. And, like, and, and you you just don't switch off You're or one other comedian and two audience members that like yeah. want to hang out yeah yeah especially if it's a girl you want to impress or something like that. dude i had this one girl super pissed came up like i look this is my story I feel comfortable enough talking about it on the podcast about the time that a drunk chick came up and said can I get a photo with you yeah I'm like yeah okay she stands next to me and as she's leaned in to take the photo slams her hand back to grab my dick (laughs) and is so drunk she just sack whacks me oh no and I don't know how this photo turned out dude But I would have been hunched down like a dog taking its first shit in the morning, man. That's so good. You should have asked for a copy of it. Oh, man. And this is the thing, dude. It's like, I'm just sitting there like, thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> like, that was my, <laughs> like, <laughs> nearly instantly. I'm like, good to see you guys. <laughs> like, did, you, did you end up going out with her or anything? No, 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 no. Oh. Just some random drunk chick that just, like, seen a guy that... A guy that was on stage 10 minutes ago was famous in her mind. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So she needed yeah. to get a photo with him because she was like... A millennial. The dude, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, fuck. And then I was thinking about later, I was just like, dude, I just got fucking sack weight. I'm working on a bit about um, how, like, um, it's like a whole bit at the moment that I'm working on about how um, I essentially got cat called by a female construction worker and oh, i'm like nice. oh what a fucking time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> like i'm going to my office job in my fucking like business clothes yeah and someone wearing high-vis holding the fucking slow sign it's like oi 
That's unreal. <laughs> yeah. she, like, was she a looker or? Well, she was looking at me. Yeah. I don't know what you mean so by no. looker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I said she was looking at me. Not she was the type of chick that usually looks at me. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was just a bit that I'm working on, but it's funny because I'm like in my mind because I'm just like, it wasn't until after the fact I was just like, holy fuck, I just got catcalled by a construction worker. Like we've yeah. really progressed a long way. Are you gonna play up the victim angle and like how you're nah, assaulted? Nah, nah, I'm I'm gonna words I get, of violence and all that sort of shit. No, nah, the angle I'm gonna play the angle I'm gonna play on it without burning the bit is basically like um. Wasn't that bad? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're complaining no, about. No, it's not. I don't know what the, the angle isn't. I don't know what they're complaining about. It's more so like, turns out if men did it without being assholes, then it would be a better experience for some people. Like, but because yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. so the, the, okay, the. Um, I'm just forcing you to burn. The okay, bit, yeah, nah, I'm gonna slowly force bad. feed the fucking bit <laughs> to everybody. No, basically the point is like, turns out if you're respectful and fucking like courteous, mm. it's actually was just a compliment. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then at the same time, I also there was this vibe of like, there was no like, um, she definitely was had the upper hand you know what i mean Are like sure I, she wasn't just like taking the piss no it, it was <laughs> oh you just like turned it on its head now <laughs> turns out turns out it was a joke well, it's like, <laughs> she like when i walked off she said to her other friend like this fucking look yeah. that fucking dweeb yeah, yeah 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 oh put a pep in his step yeah well, I, I used to have a mate that would just randomly not at anyone in particular because I've never catcalled anyone. I don't understand what that logic is. Dude, no one's ever gone, oh, really? You think word. I look good? Yeah. Yeah. No one's ever, like, got... Well, I can't say no one ever. But when you think of it, the success rate must be so fucking... It's the same as dick pics. But no one exactly, sends a dick yeah, pic and goes, yeah. like, the recipient... Recipient. Recipient. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no weed in this, unlike Rogan. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't have an excuse. Don't you love that how Stone is just like, man, I must be so high. It's like, no, you're just a dumb fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, people are just like, man, I was so high, I can't remember. Dude, you just use that as an excuse because you're actually a dumb fuck. Yeah. It's that, like people... They're not mutually exclusive, though. <laughs> true. It's just like... Um, it's like people that are just like, oh, I... Um, I now have a reason to blame why I'm a dumb fuck, so I'm going to keep doing it so that I can continue to blame that fucking thing. Yeah, I oh, look, I've, I've used drinking for, as that excuse. Mm. More of like the, yeah, no, I don't remember that. I definitely remember that. Like, <laughs> We're yeah. talking about this on the previous episode I did with Luke. My brother Lukey, he was like, some people start a conversation like, hey, do you remember on Saturday night when? And it's just like, I'm going to stop you there. Answers already no. Yeah. Like, if it was Saturday night and it wasn't at my house... Yeah. Even at the house, like I remember one time, fucking. Um, if you haven't heard back to that episode, people listen back. Um, because, um, well, so I was chatting with him once. I remember when Tui's X Drive Platinums came out in an eight pack, mm. and they used to be about one point eight standard drinks each. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember having a mate who got munted on those. Yeah, so you could buy an eight pack, and at the time I was like nineteen. 18, 19, yeah. 
you get an eight pack for 20 bucks and at the time i was earning about 15 bucks an hour so yeah. like like comparatively that's still pretty cheap yeah um and you drink your fucking eight pack and by the end of it you'd be like i, I would be fucked up right um whereas I, and i was telling that to lukey and i was just he's just like oh, how was your weekend because uh, when i first moved to canberra he was living yeah like down the coast and we were chatting and he's like how's your weekend going like, yeah dude i fucking knocked off work friday night bought myself an eight pack and fucking like sat around watching movies and drank the whole thing and was fucked up yeah and he's just like <laughs> he's those two funny things he said he was just like first up he was just like dude i drank eight beers yesterday when i read a magazine yeah and I was just like, <laughs> fuck, that's hilarious. And he's just like, also, I've probably woken up drunker than you've ever been in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's legit. I mean, the, the amount, I, even early in my, like, heavy drinking days, like, it was back when they, like, RSLs would have those breathalyzer machines, mm. but they'd have that big disclaimer, like, so you couldn't blow into it have it tell you that you were legit to drive and then use it as an excuse if you got pulled over yeah, so, or yeah. whatever but <clears throat> me, and my, me and my brother went down to have like a, a Sunday sesh or something um, we hadn't had anything to drink and it was probably about one or two in the afternoon and we both tried to use it and our reading was so high the machine was like unable to give us an accurate reading it's like, how much did we drink last night? And you just think, like, fuck, man, how many mornings have I driven to work mm. running a gauntlet I didn't know I was running? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's That's bad, the best man. gauntlet to run, the no, the one you know you're not in, They don't know that you're in. Yeah. There, there's an awesome um, music podcast, No Dogs in Space, that I reckon you probably dig. Yeah. They do heaps of, like, old punk and that kind of thing. And I listen to their series on... Um, on with Iggy Pop mm. and um, not with on Iggy Pop, um, but apparently, like before, you know, he was a phenomenon or whatever. <clears throat> he, um, I don't think he was on um, on the smack yet, but he, I think he was just had had a lot of acid. But he went to one of his gigs as a crowd member. And the crowd started getting really raucous, like, when's the band going to start? And he was like, he was joining in, like, come on, hurry up. Not realising it was his band and he was meant, like, it, he was supposed to be the front no man No shit, stage. that's yeah. fucking hilarious. Like, and someone eventually, like, nudged him on the shoulder and was like, get up there. And he was like, why? And he was like, because you're Iggy Pop, dipshit. And he was like, oh, oh yeah, fuck. I should probably go do that. Holy shit. So, like, you look at, like, even, like, the biggest bands in the world. Mm. Um, Metallica and then you look at them like all the money in the fucking world all the support and everything they fucking need and then they still cancel the tour because Hatfield's got to go to rehab like mm. drugs are just the sort of thing that can just you're not fucking safe from them no matter how much money or anything you have yeah. we're all still fucking humans and we all still have dependencies and reliabilities and shit like that yeah and yeah, yeah. I remember, um, I can't remember who who the artist was, but it was, I was reading an interview with them and they were saying, like, they, they got clean and they were saying that it was so much harder for them after a show because, um, you know, normally they'd go to the green room, they'd, you know, 
get on it, have mm. a few lines, whatever their vice was, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and that could calm them down. Whereas when they avoided the green room, they'd get off stage into a limo, into a hotel room. And so there'd be like maybe a 20 minute window mm. between playing in front of 20,000 people, like a song that's near and dear to your heart, having 20,000 people love you and all the rest of it. And then yeah. like 20 minutes later, you're by yourself in a in completely the quiet hotel room. Yeah. And your adrenaline is just peaking. You still hear the fucking, like, the howl of the guitar in exactly, your ear. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I, dude, I, um... I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's that, that sort of circumstance. I met Jimmy Barnes. Um, mm. girl that I was seeing was, um, her uncle, um, when he got, when he just does his own. Okay, gig. solo so not, Yeah, not with Cobb Chisel, but... Um, he just had his triple bypass and so he was off the booze he wasn't doing anything um, but we went into the green room and he just kind of came in said a few highs and then he just got got the fuck out of Dodge like mm. he didn't want to be around it sort of thing and I was thinking yeah that's got to be rough but mm. I, could, I couldn't believe like I, I'm not a huge fan of Barnes but um, triple bypass it, was, it had only been a couple of months and he was belting out those songs yeah in like the way he you know how he sings like yeah. screaming like it was fucking impressive man yeah 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 it's like so i've been i watched um that doco on um netflix called um viva the underdogs with um parkway drive oh yes and uh it shows them at wacom which is like one of the biggest metal festivals in the world um yeah. it's in germany this is in 2019 and i watched two things that came up on that one of them was the crowd size, 75,000 fucking people. And I'm just yeah, looking at it going, next level. There is, we are a long way from that ever happening again. Yeah. Which was one moment of realization. The other one is, I seen them just before that tour in 2018. They played at fucking UC. Wow. And That's, they must just think of that as a rehearsal gig. Well, there was. I think UC nearly sold out or sold out about 3,000 people there. Really? Yeah. What do you see? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I used to see all the... The refractory there is pretty solid, yeah. I've there. seen Lamb of God play there. Uh, like, some big names have played there. Yeah, I've seen... I think I saw... Yeah, I saw Pennywise there. Um, we managed to get up on stage for the Brohim tribute. That was pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah. yeah I, no, I've never seen No Effects. They were always Dude, on my there, bucket list. There is a... Yeah, so there's, um... There's a fucking yeah. It's a good. It's a good doc. I reckon anyone that listens to this show um, might be into metal. Should listen to it. But even if you're not, like I've, I'm I'm into metal, but I like fucking some docos that aren't about bands that I listen to. You know. Um, so but, so what? Um, <clears throat> given this is your comedy podcast, what's been going on in the scene? I've kind of sort of stepped away. What's it? How's everything going? Yeah, so it's, it's been picking up. There's rooms opening everywhere. Yeah. Um, sign up sheets are like the fucking go to these days. Like uh, when yeah. I first started at Smiths, I just rock up and give them my name, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like it's, um, room listings have become more of like a booked thing instead of a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, I've been getting the impression that it's um much more curated by. The room, the room running, yeah. And they're sort of picking 
my my i don't know how every room in town works but in my 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 room that i run at the basement is just all first in best dressed yeah it's i may reorder the list based on um you know requirements of the comedian some people might need to leave early some people might want to fucking close and and you you divvy it up where you you'll only have x percent of previous performers yeah so so you're still getting fresh blood the formula that i run is um we can have more new people Mm. but we can only have a maximum of 50 percent of people that have previously performed yeah so if it so happens that i get um I only get like 40% of the lineup is people that previously performed. Yeah. And two new people hit me up. Yeah, I'll give them a fucking spot. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's not a hard 50. Um, it's just no higher than 50. Yeah. Um, because I respect um, the format of the basement and that the, the venue wants to try and encourage as many people to come there as possible, obviously. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, the way to get people to come back is to give them something different every, slightly different every time. Yeah. Well, like mostly different. And the other thing that, um, I encourage is, um, new material. Yeah. Like, so even if it is the same comedian, it might be a different set. And I think subconsciously comedians tend to like to do that anyway. Like, yeah. At least comedians that are like in it for the long run tend to do that. People that people that are just like, if you're comfortable with your five and you've been doing comedy for years and you don't move outside that comfort zone, you're not testing yourself. Yeah, you're just doing what you know is safe and good, and eventually, you'll notice that that same solid five minutes doesn't get the laughs it used to get. Yeah. It's not just because the audience has fucking heard it before. It's because you're fucking sick of hearing it. Yeah. You're yeah. sick of saying it. Some people will just get sick of their own jokes. It's like oh, speaking about bands. I've heard interviews with bands and they're just like, so why did you like stop performing this hit song that ever? Like, dude, we didn't perform it for them. We're doing it for us as well. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bands must get so sick of. Could you yeah. just fucking imagine how yeah. sick like people would get of performing like particular songs that like, dude? Do you think fucking Metallica gives a fuck about Enter Sandman anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> they just fucking belt that. Like if some if some cunt that's learning guitar for the first time can play that in a year nine music class, do you really think they give a fuck about playing it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so back to the scene though, like that's just how I run it. I, from what I understand, it is fairly selective these days as far as like the room. But I tend to like to to let the um let let it, the um lineup organically build itself. Yeah. If I hand select who I want to put on the room, yeah. I might choose comedians which I noticed made the crowd laugh last time more. Yeah, but eventually I'll get to the point where I'm putting on what I think is a good comedy show and not what the audience might like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I <clears throat> I reckon the first in best dressed is 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 kind of the most equitable way to do it. It's come back to fuck me sometimes. Like you might 
accidentally book it so that you've got a night where there's four brand new comedians and yeah. the audience is like and i'll still split them up i'm not going to have four in a row yeah, exactly, yeah. but it, it sometimes has i have done that where the audience i feel didn't get as good of a show um as if there was more seasoned comedians there yeah, yeah. but it's the fucking beauty of an open mic exactly yeah i mean and you've got to expect you know like you know a couple of duds and you know that sort of thing and yeah like you said you pick like you know that you've got someone strong that you can bring in to you know spice it up when you've got a couple of people i remember when the when the sign up sheets came out i still thought it was like a best first in best dressed thing because usually there's a thing like you know i oh, will put the sign up sheet up at you know 3 p.m on a saturday or whatever and so I'd put that in my phone so that I could sign up straight away. And then, like a reminder to do it, yeah. Yeah, but then realising that, yeah, that's, it doesn't matter if you sign up. Oh, and for all you fucking cigar connoisseurs out there telling me not to use a lighter or fucking, like, that I, that I lit it wrong or I fucking... I don't give a... I've been chewing on this fucking thing for weeks now, all right? If I had any fucking self-respect, I wouldn't have done it like that. So I have to clear that up. That avoided one comment and got four backlash comments instead it was a counterproductive move to be honest with you so this looks like it started as a pretty decent size cigar <laughs> yep in the dominican republic man my my um my brother was in uh cuba and um because the government still sort of owns everything mm. um there's a massive limit on uh what they can export yeah and he was at a place where they were rolling their own cigars and everything else he said it was awesome he had a cigar there he doesn't like cigars i smoke and i smoke cigars and i still think cigars are the most overrated thing in the world they're just gross yeah. but i still smoke them <laughs> but um but he brought a couple back and we were gonna we were gonna have them when he had um uh his his baby girl, I won't say her name, um, but um, it, yeah, they were, they were so special because they're only allowed to export something like five percent or something of, of what of the produce or whatever yeah. the, the final product, and then of that, only like twenty percent they were allowed to sell to tourists in at the facility so you're getting like 20 you were getting a cigar that was 20 percent of five percent mm. that was ever going to make it so you're getting the one percent of export yeah like you you know you're getting this super niche cigar from like direct from the source mm. and i don't even know where it is anymore i think i've lost it so i'm pretty devo about that but i reckon it would be i don't know it'd probably still just be a shit cigar well <laughs> the, the thing is dude it's like so the uh, Uncle Joey's joint, which is Joey Diaz's podcast, mm. he just did an episode w with one of his Cuban mates talking about how fucked up it is that like the freedoms of the Cu Cuban people and like yeah. family members that um, he's still in contact with that talk about the situ the situation over there and stuff. And um yeah I, I didn't actually it was a really good insight into like what else is going on in the world yeah did they talk like because i wondered about that because obviously you can get you can get cuban cigars here and all the rest of it so the tariffs and the export uh, export restrictions and everything that's on that's u.s centric isn't it well it's just that they're their neighbor and that's the predominant market they want yeah it seems like they just have beef with the u.s like it, from what i understand yeah well, i think the whole nuclear missile thing probably 
Didn't help him. Oh, you reckon? (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so I was talking about like the organic feel of like podcasts and shit. And we're talking at the top of the show about the Stanhope podcast and how it just feels like, uh, how I was going to describe it was, it's like you've just walked in on a fucking bender. Yeah. Like, have you ever just been to someone's place? They're like, oh, come around, man. Like, you like you were going to meet up with them for dinner or some shit. And they're like, oh, I'm actually just at home, man. How about you just come around, bring some beers and hang out? Yeah. And you realize the reason they did that is because they're fucking balls deep in a three-day bender. Yeah. And yeah. they just didn't want to leave the fucking house. Yeah. So as a bartender, and that's what I was going to say before, um, I've had to play the catch-up game before, dude. Yeah. And fuck there's nothing like trying to pay play catch up on a three-day fucking bender when you've just finished fucking pouring booze to people and like but that's what the stanhope podcast is dude it's like a podcast devoted to like just being organic and in the moment of like they'll just be midway through like i heard an episode they did the other day at five in the fucking morning (laughs) <laughs> it's just like what the fuck that's like, fantastic like it's just one of those things where you're just like yeah dude this is a fucking this is how they live like in yeah. their thing so right, um yeah that's awesome but awesome. Like, like yeah so that's the that's their podcast and like um the where you're saying about the reference to rogan in the back of the shed smoking cigars mm. like um I've got a few different locations. I've got, like, the studio that I've set up, just, like, office sort of vibe. And then you've got, like, here where I can just chill. And occasionally, like, I did an episode with Kai in the lounge room. Okay. Which is, like, a bit more of a... It's kind of like... It was kind of like an end-of-year wrap-up sort of episode. And I think I might reserve that, like, style for that. Yeah. I did one with Benny Eggmillies in the lounge room at my old place. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, um... How's, how's he? He's I've not well. I, like I've I keep up with him on socials, but I haven't actually spoke to him for a while. I'd be keen to have him back out, man. Yeah. He, he's big, big love to Benny. Mm, champion yeah. of the lad. Yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the fucking um, one of the few guys um, from the scene that like when he first came to the to the Canberra scene from Sydney. Mm just fucking massive energy good fucking dude yeah, like yeah. i instantly clicked with him yeah um and i didn't really feel like i um needed to take long to get to know him sort of thing like we yeah. just instantly fucking went good yeah. we did a fucking sick episode dude and i think i think a lot of it's hard to do a podcast with someone that you haven't known for a while yeah. but and i bet i already had like this feeling that like of like a like a good back and forth with him yeah. after not knowing him for as long as some of the other guests like even yourself like i've known you longer now than i've than i knew like a lot of people that i've had on the show yeah i think one of the longest standing mates i've had is like kai and bill and like some of the ogs but bill um bill's doing his own thing now and fucking, He's up north, isn't he? yeah, yeah. It, um but fucking um but yeah, like some of the OGs, like Kai and shit like that, it's always good. And Phil, Phil like I was surprised. I th- even said on the episode, we've been I've been kicking around the scene f- like for a few years now, and that's the first time I've actually gone like shit. I haven't had Phil on the show before. Yeah. 
So, like, I'm, I'm what, 46 episodes into this fucking thing, and I'm still going, oh, shit, that's right, I haven't had that dude on. Yeah, oh. no, that's awesome, man. And it, it, there is a fair bit of new blood in the scene, um, and, like, some really, I feel like funny, really funny people. Dude, I'm trying not to fucking blow my own horn here, but I feel like encouraging opening new mics and also encouraging new people to fucking come out to those mics is building the scene. We need more people. Yeah like yeah i think we also need to be like more accepting of the people that are in the scene but mm. yeah yeah let's not one one man's opinion but um let's yeah, get into that you're talking about a podcast that you're listening to you suggested it to me i haven't listened to it yet but give us a rundown yeah i, I can't remember um <clears throat> i can't remember a name it's um it's an episode of the quillette podcast um which is the comedian um i think she's still sort of just sort of trotting around the amateur um comedy scene there um must have gotten to some sort of controversy but she wrote an article for quillette and it was about um basically it was about how sort of cancel culture and stuff is making it less fun to be a comedian basically um and you know over there they have like safe space rooms where okay. they'll give out like a list of topics that you can't touch and okay. that sort of thing but the difficulty is that there's a lot of ambiguity so you know for example if it's like you know don't make any ableist jokes or something it's like well can you make a joke that you know makes reference to a disability or yeah that kind of thing and it's that that classic thing i think gervais really sort of sums it up perfectly is like people mistake the subject of a joke for the target of a joke yeah like you're not making fun of you know a particular person Mm. or a particular you know gender or you know ethnicity or something or whatever it might be or historical event um you're just using that as the premise for you know a gag or whatever it is yeah yeah um but um but yeah she was saying that the problem is that that the it's kind of just bled out into the entire comedy scene and there's kind of just a couple of select few self-appointed moral arbiters that you know curate what is and isn't acceptable and if you you know god forbid step out of line mm. um you know that's it yeah you okay. know and and then you know it's sort of um <clears throat> like she kind of makes the analogy that it's it, the comedy scene, and I've found this to a degree in Canberra, it's a bit like, you know, a high school with, you know, different cliques and yeah, the popular yeah. kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. And and when the, you know, if you're thinking that she was saying, like, you know, the comedy scene, if the, if the, the popular kids in the comedy scene are also the room runners, um, you know, has a huge impact on whether you can get spots, on whether people will go to a room that that you run or you know whatever it might be that sort of thing and then one thing i thought was really interesting is that she was saying that it was almost getting to the point there where even laughing at certain comedians was almost a political act Mm. like if you laughed at the wrong comedian you were kind of tacitly endorsing you Mm. know all any all the evils associated with that comedian kind of thing yeah yeah and and so the unfortunate side effect of that is that if a comedian is not part of the clique or you know isn't liked or whatever it might be if the other comedians sort of 
won't laugh at that comedian you know what it's like in a room mm. if there's one huge pocket of the room that's not going to laugh mm. at anything a comedian says it has a huge flow-on effect with the rest of the audience and that kind of thing so yeah I'm, I'd, I'd check out I'd recommend the Quillette podcast to anyone they usually I, I haven't heard them talk about comedy before but it's usually you know social issues and those sort of things but yeah I just listened to it yesterday and I thought it was pretty um, yeah pretty on on the money yeah, fuck yeah. No, I'll, I'll give that one a listen. You send it through yesterday when when you when you seen it, but um, I am I'm keen keen to. I always like to see. I think that's why I like the podcasting platform because it's just where people can just like and and radio kind of had that vibe for a little bit, but it was just too censored. Yeah, and or the complete opposite, and it was shock jock over y- the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just like a natural platform that people can talk about shit that like they would be talking about anyway. They're just yeah. sharing it as content with other people. I tell you, yeah, I tell you, what would be what would be awesome is if you had a if you did an episode where you had two comedians on that had a beef or something, and you know you were the moderator and you actually just set some ground rules around you know whatever um because it's true like the the long form conversation is so much better in terms of actually unpacking an idea exploring it like hearing each other out what the different perspectives are that kind of thing and you know i think as long as that sort of stuff's done in you know a respectful way i reckon that's the best way to get to a you know maybe you're never going to resolve you know some issue that people have or whatever else but i reckon that'd be give it a crack dude like i reckon that that is that's a powerful thing like the the conversation it people have this idea that conflict um is only ever going to be that Mm. like sometimes like solutions come from conflict yeah yeah definitely um like, there's got to there's got to be. Well, actually, thing. solutions have to come from conflict. Yeah. Like that, you don't have an if there's no if there's no like resolution required, then there's no conflict in yeah. the beginning. So, like, yeah. It's, and the, yeah, I mean, the and the other danger is like the 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 doing nothing, having no dialogue, becomes the resolution itself, which is yeah, you know, just doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't progress anything. But I feel I I. I feel like, um, like conflict unaddressed becomes conflict multiplied. Yeah, yeah. That's In most thinking, cases, yeah. yeah. I think that like all the while you're sitting back making assumptions about how someone thinks or feels about you, you're um, you're. Um, perception of that person is only ever going to be negative exactly yeah you're not going to like naturally sit back and say like they meant positive things by those comments yeah yeah exactly and i mean that's the um i mean that's another side to it is sort of there is this tendency at the moment with you know the the sort of the i don't know without you know all the sort of buzzwords at the moment but you know the culture wars or whatever else and it, it is more more of an American phenomenon, but we're so heavily influenced by, you know, what's going on. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I've heard mostly Harris say this, but like people always taking the least charitable interpretation of what someone says, 
So as soon as they say something, they just immediately impugn. What did you mean by that? Yeah, sort of thing. and they, yeah. they, they don't sort of think, you know, well, perhaps they're talking about X, Y, or Z, or perhaps they actually would like to resolve this particular, you know, dispute or disagreement or, or just flat out misunderstanding that's gotten mm-hmm. out of control. Uh, instead of that, they'll take the least charitable interpretation. And, and again, it's that the lack of dialogue and you know the assumption making and that sort of thing and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of it like i think every you know everybody is um but yeah i mean there's definitely like even in my own experience there's certain people in in the scene i'd love to just sit down with and have a coffee and talk shit through and yeah you know the, the problem is some people fucking soak in the fact that like if I don't talk to this person, I'll always be right because in my mind, I'm right about this thing. Yeah. And if I don't talk about it, then I've got nothing to gain from talking about it because in my mind, I'm already fucking right about it. Yeah. So if I talk to this person, all that they can do is try and prove me, prove to me that I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. So they, they're just resting on that fucking idea that... um what i believe is i'm right so it's like dude it's like when you're playing poker yeah if i get a good hand i'm not gonna throw a card out because i can't fucking get a better hand than what i've got yeah so if they believe that they already have the upper hand they're not going to throw their cards on the fucking table because they have nothing in their mind to gain from that yeah 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 i mean and sometimes i guess people think like it's not worth my time or energy and you know that kind of thing um but it's also think about this the impact that it has on that person mm. yeah i might be trying to fucking i might be trying to make everyone else in the room feel safe by limiting shit that i don't want them to say mm. like comedians to say what about the reverse of that how am i impacting that comedian personally by restricting what they can and can't say yeah or just like, like de-platforming and yeah, yeah it's just like know. what like i can understand obviously if you're going to be an obnoxious cunt and just like actually like yeah attack people yeah but also like you hit a point where you're trying to protect so many fucking people that you're affecting the people yeah like you're still affecting other people so basically you've shifted the um negative feelings from one person to another but because you in your mind don't give a fuck about that person you care about this person in your mind it's okay yeah, yeah. it's okay to fuck with this person as long as the person i don't that i care about is okay yeah whereas someone else might care more about that person and if they try and do the same thing then you're just shifting the fucking um the blame yeah yeah i mean i think yeah <clears throat> I mean the the stuff the, the the stuff they were talking about in, in Toronto that was definitely that scene, that that seemed to be occurring in the comedy scene there was that there was such a huge push to make things so woke and you know so unoffensive and you know all that sort of thing that huge swaths of the the yeah and, and the other thing is that you know they're open mics mm. so it's like anyone can just walk in and, and get up yeah. and tell a joke like there were huge sorts of comedians that were just yeah just not getting stage time or, or just giving up on the the whole thing and just going look bugger it like i'm you know i'm not gonna do this because i can't tell the jokes that i think are funny yeah that aren't necessarily offensive or attacking anyone they're just not 
entirely PC. Well, the, the thing is, dude, the safest fucking option to not offend anyone is to not say anything. Yeah. Uh, well, so, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. In, in some cases, right? Yeah. But, so but it's again, like... But, like, we're talking... But, like, the, I agree with you if we're just talking about civil discourse or, you know, the idea of, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say it at all. all. Yeah. But we're talking about stand-up fucking comedy. Yeah. Like, you People know, are there like, to yeah. hear you talk. <clears throat> yeah, like, when I was emceeing the boardwalk, I'd make a point of saying, like, you know, you give out the rules for the comedians. Like, yeah. You know, we'll, you know, give you the bell of light, you know, trying to stop... Stage time, yeah. formalities, that sort of shit. Yeah, that sort of House stuff, rules, like, yeah. Yeah, trying to stomp on your punchlines, but I'll give you the nudge when you, you know, need to wrap it up or whatever. Yeah. But then you tell the audience, like, you've walked into a free open mic comedy night. Like, if something offends you, you're an adult. Mm. Be offended. Nothing happens when you get offended. Mm. You just get offended. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It's like, it's like saying, dude, it's like saying... The safest way not to speed is to not drive a car. Yeah. The safest way not to fucking, like, have a heroin overdose is not to do heroin. Yeah. But we're in this world now where we're trying to say to people, drive a car, but don't fucking go fast. Yeah. Have this ability to do something, but don't do it. Yeah. Like, you're just edging yourself basically yeah you, yeah well it's like it yeah i mean they, it's it is this sort of like bubble wrapping of the world as opposed to people developing resilience. down to the fucking sticky you cunts <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the last drawer that had some of the fucking glue from the sticker in there just to fucking put a, the stinger nice. in the end there a bit of pep in me fucking step <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like, yeah, you don't, you don't bubble wrap the world. You have like, you know, you build up resilience and that sort of thing. It's like, how they, like a while ago they were talking about like helicopter parents, you know, that are always monitoring their children and all this sort of thing. And now mm. they're talking about bulldozer parents that are just getting any potential adversity out of the way mm. and clearing the path and that kind of thing. And you, you simply just don't learn from that. Like... And I think I just I you know like I've I've got a six year old niece and I I I wonder about just what date it's the go- podcast no worries <laughs> <laughs> well but, there goes the fucking future plan of this episode yeah yeah <laughs> um, but I mean I I I wonder what it's going to be like um, mm. you know when you know when she's at university mm. like if 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 you know but people would have said that in the fifties about people our generation. True, but I think, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, every generation always thinks, you know, they've got it pegged on the old one, or you know, whatever else, that sort of thing. But, like, you know, I think I, the reality is, I think generations get smarter, and you know, I, like, two and three year olds instinctively know how to use iPads mm. and stuff. It's insane. Like, I'm useless with computers. Mm. Like, you know, by the time my niece is fourteen. I'll be calling her for IT advice. Exactly. No doubt in my mind. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? But if we've got, like, if it's 2021 and we've got students at Yale that think words of violence and, you know, all this other stuff and, you know, they're having tenured professors fired because they, you know, didn't edit Huck Finn or some shit. Like, if that's going on now, if, it do, if, if we don't rein it in and, you know, grow up a little bit, 
what's it going to be like in 15 or you know 10 15 years when she's at university like mm. you know how much are we going to how when, at what stage is it going to get to the point where we're protecting people so much that any level of adversity whatsoever throws them into hysterics but the thing is people don't stop thinking those thoughts you can't exactly. fucking yeah. stop someone yeah. from having a thought all you're doing is stopping them from saying it in fact if someone wants to say some fucked up shit i prefer they feel like they can say it if you so that like not maybe not on stage but just when i'm talking to someone yeah. i want to know what they think about something if i ask someone for their fucking opinion yeah. i don't want them to fucking like sugarcoat it i, I if someone's going to genuinely be a fucking asshole I want them to make it known so I can avoid that cunt. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be mates with someone for years because they didn't say how they felt and I didn't weed them out early. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll wrap up this wrap up this half of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Probably not half. Like I think we're about two thirds through with all the um, the intro and everything. But there's something that I want to explain that someone showed me years ago when I started uh, working in an office pretty interesting concept is about conflict (laughs) and they held up a cup and they said if this cup's here like this and i say what do you see and you're like i see a handle i see half a picture and i say to you there's no handle Mm. and you you say to me there is a handle and i say no there's no handle you're full of shit there's no handle yeah we'll always have conflict because you're saying what you can see which is true and I'm saying what I can see, which is true. Yeah. But until we have a conversation where I'm like, why don't we discuss what the possibility is that there's other stuff on the other side of this cup that I'm not aware of? Yeah, exactly. And then we turn it sideways and realize that we're both fucking right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's a very good, simple analogy. I like it. And, th- and that's why most most of the sort of the intellectuals and stuff that, that I have a lot of time for, they will spend a lot of time having conversations with um, with people they don't agree with. Mm. There's like, there's an uh, Australian guy, uh, I think it's Josh Seps or something, um, used to work with the ABC, I think he might still do it. But he has a podcast that's called Uncomfortable Conversations. Um, you know, and he has like conservative, politicians on there that i think are useless mm. but you know he'll he'll have yeah the uncomfortable conversations and yeah. talk to people he just does not agree with and then occasionally he has people on that he's clearly in sync with and you know they sort of agree the whole way through yeah. but those sorts of things are and like even when it's done in debate and stuff and you see like religious scholars going up against like the new atheists or whatever like it's yeah i'd rather it just be out in the open mm. and you know, show your colours and hash it out and you'll learn something. Like, that's, that's the other thing. Like, you know, if you don't talk to someone that doesn't agree with you, you you're going to learn very little. Yeah. No, for sure, man. I, I think that that's a, um, that's a good point. It's similar to that series, um, You Can't Ask That, where they would, uh, yeah, yeah. like, on ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It's it's a good concept, man. I think there's definitely something in the idea of having podcasts with two people with differencing of fucking opinions. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. If you yeah, if you want to if you want to moderate one, I'm happy to. We can chat about. Yeah. That. Yeah, it'd be good. Fucking oaf. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, man. We'll come back with some uh, some actual planned content. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah. Good times. Catch you after the break. 
please flip over the tape to side B to hear the rest of this podcast. Welcome back to the um, welcome back to the podcast. For us, that was like twenty minutes. For everybody else, it was a matter of a few seconds. Uh, now I mentioned before the break, I teased some like actual planned content. And to be fair, like Ross and I could talk for fucking hours about random shit. <laughs> um, but the problem is, you ADHD motherfuckers look at the time of the video and you don't even click on it if it's over fucking two hours, do you? <laughs> because this isn't Joe Rogan as much as I want it to be. So um, I have to uh, work within your fucking confines. And your guests don't have any expertise in anything so it's just two idiots having a nothing, conversation nothing formal um <laughs> it's like the, the the difference between someone that learnt on the job and learnt from uni yeah yeah, yeah. um ours is more of the uh, as it's been described the working man's podcast <laughs> <laughs> it was the first review i ever got <laughs> um, i'd wear that as a badge of honor yeah that's yeah um but yes, yeah, so actually, that should be the actual name instead of my name. Yeah, um, you're a pretty shameless self-promoter. I was checking around because there's no pictures of you behind you. Uh, I've got one. Oh, that it? was from my... I don't know if this is in camera view. I might actually do it. Because people are going to ask. Not to say that I'm not going to fucking watermark my logo over the top, but this frame's a little bit busted. But you can see there... This is um, from my 21st birthday. So I had a friend whose birthday was like a couple of days prior to mine. Okay. So I put on this gig um, and it was like our combined 21st birthday. Name was Aaron. And a lot of these bands I actually haven't seen. So these guys are still going. Rock and roll. These guys have changed the name. Different singer. Singers. Um, yeah, it's, it's all a little bit different now, but this is just... This is when I had a mohawk. So, without realizing it, this is actually a picture of me, a cartoon of me in the background of this podcast. Yeah, wow. I would never have pegged that as a cartoon of you. Yeah, so um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, and I'm going to put in an image next to this in the video edition that this one was modeled off. Yeah, okay. Um, and you'll see the resemblance. Yeah, no, good times. But yeah, so the background of this, it's. This is my shitty fucking excuse of a bit of a man cave, I guess, in the back of the shed. And I'll probably do more of a run through of like my setup and shit in a later episode. But um, I have a few gig posters there. I'm sort of going to line the walls a little bit better and that sort of shit. But for now, it just seems to be a good little spot that I can hang out and have a chat and um, not sort of worry about... um, being too formal and that sort of shit it's good to every now and then have a bit more of an informal podcast especially depending on the fucking subject matter but this is probably the more formal part of the informal podcast because like i mentioned before teased before the break that we have some content now i think in the first episode that i had you on um you mentioned that you'd been working in an office since like a fucking like shamefully young age Mm. Um, so over the years you've obviously got your fair share of fucking office politics you've had to deal with and like situations that you've like just discovered it's such a good fucking representation of the human condition putting a whole bunch of cunts in a fucking (coughs) building together and seeing how they all interact yeah i mean it's yeah one of the i mean from 
the very start. So I started when I was 17. Crazy. Um, yeah. I've somehow managed to have a misspent youth in both ways. <laughs> like like a, like going into the office in uni at 17 yeah. and yet still being a dead shit alcoholic. And mm. like, <laughs> I don't know how I've managed it. Fuck, dude. Yeah. I've, I've fucked this it up in both ways. Your Canberra's version of that movie, Split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember like because I was real nervous when I went into the office, and it was it was in the pub it was in the public service. I mm. won't say the department, but they take your money every year, so you can gauge from that. But um, as opposed to throughout the entire year, like every other department. Well, no, this yeah, this is the one that always takes you. Money. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> um, but um, yeah, I was in there about six months, and me and my best mate, I met him working in that scholarship thing and um mm. like three or six months in we realized that the public service is like school for adults yep it, like it really is mm. like we were sort of and, and <laughs> we were trying to see how far we could push it like he went an entire week without doing any work so like he wouldn't send a single work-related email and he would get out of every meeting and not do a single task was, was he also to. similar age uh, he was a little bit older than me, mm. um, but yeah, he, uh, we'd been there a couple of years when he did that, and he managed to make it five days without doing a single thing. Fuck it was, yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, that is fucking <coughs> insane, dude. Yeah, I remember because um, my security clearance is coming up for renewal. I'm not sure how that'll go. But hey, shout out to the security clearance firm that'll be reviewing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> G'day guys, here you Good Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah. So, have you have you ever been through the security clearance process, or had to be a representative I'm, for anyone? I'm aware of the security clearance process. Okay. <laughs> well, so the I got what used to be protected. So they go back into your life for like five years or whatever, and you have to have friends that have known you for that period and yeah. whatever else. That would have been um, hard at seventeen. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. Um, well, I, I didn't get it till I was about 20 or something, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah. But even, like, going back to, like... Yeah. Like, I think that it's hard to be like, hey, well, like... Because I know that, from what I understand, some of those go back further than that. Like, if yeah. you're fairly young and you're going for a year a clearance that's going back 15 years... Yeah, if you're 21. It's just like, yeah, what was I doing when I was six years fucking old? Yeah. Hey, Dad, what was that house that I used to live in that exactly, we used to live in? Yeah. If you were six years old and getting up to that kind of mischief, you were probably Catholic. So, like, <laughs> sorry, to call back to my old jokes, but um, <clears throat> you can't find them on YouTube because they've been removed. So you just have to take our fucking word for it. <laughs> Thank you, schools, for covering your ass yet again. Yeah. Unlike the asses of the fucking children. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, no, so I, I had to have a couple of friends be reps and you kind of curate, like you mm. talk and go, because you, you can't be too squeaky clean. Like mm. you've you, you got to say like, yeah, I've smoked weed, I've done this, I've done that, whatever. Mm. Like if you come off too squeaky, it's sort of like something's not, yeah. You know, so you're a rego check. Like if there's no oil on the motor, they're just like, this guy's obviously cleaned the bay before he bought yeah, it over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dusted it for prints and shit. Yeah, but you usually like you'll you'll talk to your mate and be like, look, mention X, don't mention Y, you know, whatever, yeah. and you kind of come up with a curated version mm. of your past. Mm. 
but um, I have to be the best of hits real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best the of album. album. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to, I had to be a, a reference for a friend of mine, um, Rebecca, and um, I wrote like I wrote her actual reference, not saying anything bad about her, and just like doing the yeah, you know, this has happened or that's happened, but nothing major. <clears throat> and like they talk about like you know. It, drugs drinking mm, mm. financial problems what they're looking for is anything that someone can hold over you that they can use to blackmail you if yep. you're getting access to confidential information stuff that's what that's really what they care about um but they get into your sex life and stuff too so um so what i did was um i, I wrote a, the real one that was telling them that she was an upstanding citizen and she is uh, was I don't know anymore, but um, then I made one <clears throat> and I doctored it, the email, and forwarded it to her, so it looked like I'd already sent this attachment to, yeah, yeah. to that security betting yeah. group. So she thought I'd just sent it to him without sending her the draft, and this was it. And so what I did was answer all the questions really professionally. But throwing her under the bus yeah, on every like this question. underlying fucking thing. Yeah, but I wrote it like I was <laughs> trying my hardest to not. Yeah, yeah, which is bad. even worse. Yeah, so it was things like it was things like you know, has Rebecca ever had any issues with alcohol and stuff like that? And I'd write things like you know, uh, you know, due due to the um, the. Uh, you know, due to the historical alcoholism throughout Rebecca's life, you know, Rebecca has been, you know, very cautious about how much she drinks. And whilst she does frequently black out, she usually doesn't commit felonies in this circumstance. And, you know, like it was just the worst possible yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, dude. Say, yes. Like, things like about, you know, like her sex life. And I was like, you know, whilst Rebecca is extremely promiscuous and has filmed certain activities, she hasn't done anything that she herself would consider embarrassing. You know, yeah, fuck of, yeah. And then eventually it gets to the personality questions and and she's reading through this, like, fuming. Yeah, right? yeah. And it gets to the personality and eventually... Surely you'd know you're taking the piss. Well, so, yeah, so I wanted to see how long I could string her for and it got to the, the personality and it was, you know... It, different traits or whatever and i was like unfortunately rebecca is so gullible she would think i'd actually write you this shit yeah <laughs> and the rest of it wasn't filled out and so she called me and she was fuming but it was worthwhile so. fuck yeah dude <laughs> wait she calmed down after that right or just was still pissed off that you got oh it? yeah no she like she was laughing but angrily yeah yeah i get it <laughs> like she realized she'd been had but she had just spent... She had some minutes. respect to your hustle. Yeah, yeah. Like, she'd just spent 30 minutes of me theoretically telling a government department that she was a drunk whore. <laughs> like, it Fuck wasn't yeah, very... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty oh, cool. Man. Oh, man, that's, that's fucking great. So, like, I haven't really had any, like, specific instances. I had one... I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast, but I used to sometimes do late-night, um, like maintenance on it systems and yeah, shit yeah. like that and um i uh remember once before i'd head into my late night shift i swung by a pizza joint and um pay me and i'll say the name and um <laughs> i um went 
and got like I got three pizzas from them um, and took them into the office and I slowly over the course of the um, the time I was in the office ate like one and a half of those pizzas over the like eight hour shift that I was in there yeah. I go home and leave one of the pizzas, take half one home with me. I'm a degenerate fat fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> inside, inside, I plan things like this, right? So, but I leave one pizza there because I'm like, when I come back, when I'm back in the office the next day or whatever, mm. I will, um, I'll eat that one. Yeah. So, I take the half home with me and I end up going in the next, although I was there until like fucking, like whatever it was, like four o'clock in the morning. I still went home and came back at like lunchtime the next day. Yeah. Um, I come in and I was just like, all right, I'm going to go like have that pizza for lunch, right? Yeah. I go in and there's one slice left. <laughs> Such a slap in the face. And I'm like, you fucking cunt. Like I knew, like, and I even wrote, on the thing which is probably why it happened yeah mark's pizza do not touch yeah Yeah. but leaving one i kind of respect whoever did that because it's not like it was just gone because then they could have gone the cleaners probably threw it out no he wanted you to find that no the best part about and it wasn't even weeks later it was the next fucking day yeah like so i go in i see the fucking thing and i'm like all right Okay, I'm going to um, obviously eat that last slice. Fuck it. <laughs> and to be fair, that wasn't a proper prank, like a good stitch up, because they would have fucked with that one last slice, knowing yeah. that I'm too much of a ge- degenerate to not eat the one slice. Yeah, yeah. Like a normal person would go like, fuck that person, fuck the last slice. It probably has something wrong with it. I'm not going to eat it. But I yeah. still ate it. Nothing happened. I'm good. <laughs> but the thing that fucked me is, like, I th- I just constantly was thinking about why would you leave the one? Was it to fuck with me? Did you not mean to eat more than two slices? But like myself, you're a fat fuck, fat fuck, and you just and you just couldn't stop. And then you got into the last one, and you're like, oh fuck, I need to leave something behind. Yeah. So I'll leave the bare minimal. I hope that's what happened. No, I hope that someone was fucking with you. It could have just been a bunch of random people having slices. I wanted a time. And yeah. no one wants to take the last one, like the last <laughs> cigarette or whatever. I, w- I worked with a dude who got the shits with people using his milk. Yeah. Because okay. um, I think he got like lactose-free milk or some shit. I don't, I don't know. He, they, or no, no, there was nothing special. He just didn't like people using his milk. Um, and it's like, dude, get over it. Yeah. But... He, it really gave him the shit. And so what he did, he started using a different fridge and then he got his milk, tipped out like half of it and then he just poured a shitload of laxatives into it. Um, and then about, and then like, it was like Monday, he brought this milk in all ready to go. And by Wednesday, there were like five people in his immediate area that were out sick for the rest of the week. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> So I've heard stories of people putting, like, getting a permanent marker and putting a line on the milk for, like, mm. when they finish using it. But I've sprung people doing that. Uh, the the solution to that? Um, pour a bit in your coffee, walk over to the sink, 
top it up with water, exactly. chuck it back in the fucking fridge, dude. Yeah. Like, like where there's a will, there's a fucking way. Yeah, yeah. Where there's a will, there's a fucking way. Like, um, and there's always gonna. But do you know what I did though? Just like a fucking the psycho that I am, I pinpointed down to the last three people who stole the fucking pizza. Right, <laughs> shift times where they were sitting, <laughs> access to that kitchen, um, various dietary requirements meaning that they wouldn't have been able to eat the cheese <laughs> things and i got it down to two people and here's the fucking kicker of it so one of them was like my less if i had to choose one it was not going to be one of them mm. like if i had to make a call it was going to be this other one that sat fairly close to me <clears throat> Now, the thing was, this person that sat close to me ended up about six months later later leaving the company. And on the last day, you know how they fucking um, hand the card around and <coughs> collect money and all yeah, that shit? Yeah. They give that to him, and he comes up, and he does the walk around, like, hey, I'll see you later, shakes hands, all that shit. And he's got the card, and he's got the fucking... Um, the, the bag yeah, with the, yeah. yeah he comes up to me and he's just like hey man pleasure working with you I'm like yeah yeah cool man um, six months ago pizza in the fridge you ate it didn't you <laughs> he goes I thought you'd never know <laughs> why did he leave one slice did and you I'm like him? I'm like did you leave the one to fuck with me? And he was just like, he, I was going to leave some and I ate so much that I realized that I had only had one, there was only one piece left, right? <laughs> like, just what I thought. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, did you ever think that you could just repay me for it? <laughs> <laughs> so he opens the envelope and hands me a tenner. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, you feel like you won, but if it was me, I would have just spoken to someone at HR, got his address, and sent him pizzas every <laughs> night for like a month. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> so it took fucking six months, but... And to be fair, dude, I was still the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of the weird, like, this is this was just, it was fucking hilarious, but it was also just, it was funny because it was so strange and unnecessary. We were, I was running a, a workshop, and there were like, I don't know, seven or eight of us in the Canberra office, and then. <coughs> Um, about four people in different states on the phone. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, no Zoom or anything. It was just just teleconference, right? And I'm standing up there at the whiteboard, going through some scenario, and I I say something um, innocuous. Like I'm trying to come up with an example. I'm like, all right, so you know, let's say that like you know, John Smith wants to do such and such. And that's as far as I get. And this voice from the intercom pipes up, right? And goes, um, so I, I, can't, I don't understand what was going through this guy's head. But I'm like, yeah, all right, John Smith's going to do X, Y, Z. 
and he interrupts me and goes, Ross, if I could just uh, stop you there. Um, I'd just like to point out that there are now more Changs in the Australian phone book than Smiths. And then there was just dead silence in the room. What the fuck? What is this dude thinking? Oh. And so luckily... One guy, obviously. Yeah, luckily one of the BAs at work when we were sitting next to the phone and knew how I was going to react and hit the mute button so that no one on the teleconference could hear us. Mm. And I, I, I just, I was just so stunned. It was just like, more change in the phone book, blah, blah, blah. So Jake immediately hits the mute and I was just like, what the fuck was that? And everyone in Canberra just cracked up laughing. Jesus and Christ. And it was like, people, because they couldn't hear us on the phone, were like, are you still there? Are you still there? And then once everyone had calmed down, I was like, unmuted and was like, yeah, uh, look, thanks for that. We'll um, we'll probably park that issue for now and we'll move back on. Fuck, dude. How funny is office what talk? What is he thinking? I'm, th- I'm thinking of like, uh, um, thing about like, like meetings like office meetings Mm. and how often you just go into a fucking meeting and it's just like okay you've invited 46 fucking people to this meeting and then it's like oh um hi where's jeff oh sorry jeff's on leave oh where's mandy oh she's on paternity leave fucking like and then there's this is like oh we've booked this meeting for 2 30 the invite went out fucking six weeks ago where's joe oh he's on lunch it's just like fuck off cunt like you had fucking two weeks that you couldn't have fucking lunch a little bit earlier or a bit fucking later you fuck like your fucking sushis can wait a little bit you dick yeah it's just like it's just all there's always if you're on leave you win the meeting already because people respect someone that's on leave they're like oh so cool like so this, like and there's always some dickhead that makes a joke about like um someone that's on the phone like if the if it's just like oh like oh, i got sandy dialing in she's working from home because it's friday and she can't manage herself without taking a fucking day from home <laughs> or because she decided to fucking have kids and now it's my fucking problem <laughs> um <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. It says me that probably might one day have kids and make ever make it everyone else's fucking issue. Well, I, I remember like when I when I was younger in, in the public service, like I, a lady that worked for me, like it was just known like in the APS because the maternity leave benefits are you know really good. Um, there's like a, a time frame that people would draw out and mm. like power to them like oh, i'd take advantage of that if i was in that situation and planning family and everything else um but like they'll ha- have one kid and then do a gradual return to work program and then as soon as you're over i think three days a week mm. you're technically back to you, you you pass a certain threshold of part-time full-time mm. type yeah. thing so they do that for like one week but incidentally, it just happens to be the one week when they're seven and a half months pregnant and are about to go back on that leave. And yeah. that's how they knock out the two kids that they, they only want to have two kids. They yeah. get that done in that, in that go. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, my approach was always when I was younger, like as soon as, you know, if I get a dog, I'm bringing it into the office. As soon as I'm confident it's not going to shit everywhere, I'm bringing it in 
and I'm going to interrupt everybody's work day and make sure no one does anything for at least two hours. Mm. Because I'd seen at least 50 people bring in their kids and everyone stop working and go over and go, oh, look. Mm. Oh, look, it fucking dribbled on itself. Yeah, and it's it's like by the time you've seen three babies, you're like, yeah, it looks like a baby. Mm. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I don't give a shit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what, you fucking selfish cunt. You reckon that I give a fuck about something that looks kind of like you? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, oi, but also... But it, it, it'd be, you'd, be, you'd be paying them out if you said it does look like them. Because they but, look like a lizard for the first three months. Well, it anyway. looks more like your fucking husband that's 15 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> um, and the reason that he rushed it... <laughs> He ain't got fucking much time left. But, um... <laughs> um, But the thing is, dude, I know I'll be that cunt if I had kids as well. Because mm. I've got such an ego as it is. Imagine me with something that I created, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. As if I'm not going <coughs> to shove that in fucking everyone's, like, face. But at the same time, um... It's just like... It seems like... There's, back to the, the meeting, there's always a cunt that doesn't have their shit on mute. And they're like, be a yeah, kid just yeah. screaming in the background and they just completely <coughs> fucking ignore it. And the media, like the meeting um, creator is always like, oh, just a bit of noise on the, on there, just making sure everyone's on mute. It's obviously something, like, with newer meeting platforms, it flashes to show you who the fuck didn't mute mm-hmm. their line. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, like idea where but the back to the the like oh there has to be like some joke about the person that's at home like oh haha oh trish you're not going to get some of the fucking jam donuts i bought in for the people in the meeting like we have to and then then they're always oh you have to save me one yeah sure cunt i'll fucking put in the work fridge and hope that someone doesn't eat it on you yeah i just can't handle the the repetitious comments that have to be made like i don't think I've you're heating up lunch oh that smells good yeah i don't want to fucking explain what yeah, this is yeah yeah or and like the other because like i've done that bit on stage with like the two having two voices in mm. the office where there's like you know, one what you say and one what you wish you could say yeah or well, one what no, you say internally yeah like my my inner monologue mm. it's like i don't give a shit fuck off and then they're speaking me that's like a rational human mm. but um yeah like i don't think i've ever started a new job and not had someone say this or been in a team that's hired someone and not had this happen first day you do all the intros and all the bullshit and you forget everyone's name 10 seconds after and all the rest of whatever but i've never seen it not happen on the second day where someone will go well we mustn't have scared you too much you came back and it's oh for fuck's sake like yeah it's and i don't know i just (laughs) <laughs> it's so fucking obvious and annoying and like the monday thing like even know, even better like the like oh you're still here like that yeah, after yeah yeah oh dude the, my prime one is the um yeah like oh have a good weekend jeff oh yeah not long enough though yeah like this oh fuck off yeah, and that's the, that's the one I use in the bit. Is it? Yeah, that's the thing I say where I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's just like that one, and then there's the, the um, 
And then it's funny when it's a long weekend and they say the same thing because, like, oh, you've revamped an old joke. Yeah. It's like, fuck off. Like, people that... I think Kai spoke about this on the podcast. When people know that you're a comedian... Yeah. Especially, they're all, it's like all of a sudden their office humour doesn't cut it for you anymore. It's... Um, and they are used to being the funny one and then they'll try and crack fucking jokes with you. Yeah. Like, because in their mind, they're the funny guy at the office. It's like, fuck's sake, cunt. But yeah, um, so, talking about offices and um, that brings me up to this, man. So, there's a website. It's called 27B slash 6 and it's like S-L-A-S-H. Like, it's not a slash, obviously. Okay. Um, it's just... Just well, it's not obvious, but I'm making it obvious that it's the the URL is just the word slash dot com, and basically it's just random extracts from shit, like um, email chains, not just in offices, but just in general neighbor dis- neighbors disputing via email and shit like that. Oh yeah. yeah. So, oh th- well, yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. we found out our neighbors were because um, we had a pool and so we'd always make a fair bit of noise and all the rest of it. Mm. They passed a petition around all our other neighbours, not knowing we were friends with them, to have our dogs surgically debarked. Ooh. Yeah, and we found out. And then what we did was get the like this is going back a back of <laughs> a fair bit, but we ended up getting like our um, family uh, like sound system thing and getting the speakers and just putting them up to their fence. <laughs> And playing like really obnoxious classical music, and just putting it on full ball and going out for the day. <laughs> like, oh, fuck man! Like, I thought you were going to put in like aggressive dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't have that sort of stuff. So this is um, oh, yeah. just a reflection of your age. Mm. Like, all we had was classical music. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah so um unlike unlike my generation where the dog was called beethoven (laughs) not the music like that you were playing yeah yeah no i'm pretty sure i'm yeah old enough to have seen that movie damn i was trying to fucking like see whenever i say something that doesn't land i rewrite it quickly in my head (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say both um, composers were Beethoven. Only difference was yours was the classical and mine was the dog. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Oh, well, magic of editing. The joke didn't get better with that. So. <laughs> <It's all good>. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> no, <I was> like, <laughs> You've rewritten that in your head. Yeah, yeah, already. <laughs> no, it's... Um, no, dude. I honestly think that... Um, some people get better with age, though. I think that, like... Yeah. Like, not, like, young to old. I mean, from adult to, like, later in adulthood, I feel. Like, I reckon that 25-year-old me versus 28-year-old me... Yeah, I got a few more aches and pains and shit, but I'm fucking way more um, in sync with myself, what oh, I yeah, like and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, but, I, I think it... it I don't know. I mean, there's a defeatist way of looking at it where it's like you just sort of give up and accept, you know, your flaws or, or whatever mm. else. You can look at it in a sort of a negative light. But 
I think it it does kind of I don't know I very loath to use the word maturity especially if referring it myself mm. but I think you do yeah I mean you certainly get to a point where you're like yeah you know who you are give up you know who you're you, not. you don't give up you just know what you like and what you don't like it's like I I've got this bit about like rejection when you ask girls out or whatever it's don't like I'm not mad at them they just know what they like and it's not me yeah like I'd prefer that than to be trying to be nice and then they ghost me when they yeah you know what I mean three drinks in and 45 minutes later they drop the boyfriend line yeah 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 Yeah, it's just like just fucking be straight up about shit I, I honestly think that personally I've developed to a point where I'm like happy within myself as much as I self deprecate and shit but what's definitely um, to gain out of the later years of your 20s and 30s, and like I can imagine in 30s, um, is like what you like in a relationship. Like when I was younger, it's just like I'm just like I don't know what I'm into. It's like people that marry their fucking high school sweetheart. Like, dude, do you really think that like you made the right decision when you're 15 for the rest of your life? Yeah, I know. Like, sometimes, yeah, fair enough, maybe it works. Yeah. But for the most part, like, dude, imagine making a decision that was going to affect the rest of your life when you were 15. There's a reason you can't get tattoos until you're old enough to consent or someone to do it on your behalf. Oh, yeah. There's a reason you... If I could have got tattoos when I was 15, and, like, I've got shockingly bad tattoos now, if I could have got them when I was 15, I would be coded in the worst fucking tattoos. Yeah, you look like you should be... Dude, people would, like... You, you know those guys that, like, make up a story about himself to try and, like, convince people that they, like, you know, were in a movie or some shit, dude? How, how do you mean? Like, people that are just, like, um, you know... Like, they look like a celebrity, so they might convince people that they are. Like, if they're really close to someone and, like, some drunk person reckons that they are or, like, oh, yeah, he's my brother or some shit, right? Yeah. Um, Like, just fucking douchey shit like that. It's like, they just, people just look at your fucking tattoos and skating injuries and thought you're in jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. I got... (laughs) Have you ever just had a drive-by payout? called out to you like no one's ever just like I've I've no I've never had that but I've been in a car with someone that thought it was a good idea to do to someone while I was driving like I was like a getaway driver for a bad insult yeah and the funny thing is no one ever plans what they're gonna fucking say before they say it or the time that they have (laughs) to say it so they think they're really smart by like saying something yelling oh i've had not payouts i've had drive-by compliments i i regularly will walk down the street and someone will be like nice fucking beard can't like as they're driving past like yeah i was thinking with your beard you've got to have had some i've had i've not i've not had like i've had people try to take the piss in person as they're like walking past like i've had one dude just goes oh billy gibbons like that as i'm like what and i'm and i was just like it didn't click that that's the um, fucking front man for ZZ Top. Uh, okay, yeah. And it didn't click at first. I was like, nah, man, my name's not... Oh, right, you think you're calling me ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. Like, most people just go ZZ Top, and, like, I get it. But yeah. this guy went the next level and actually named not the whole band, but the specific member of that band that he was referencing. Yeah, I credit to him. Oh, dude, I'm like, fuck yeah, like, 
good on you. I, I'm a massive Bill, Billy Gibbons fan. Like, I watched a um, ZZ Top documentary, actually, on um, Netflix. It was really... And recently, Dusty Hill, who was the... Um, the um, bass guitarist in that band passed away last week oh, so yeah. yeah so um he um yeah it was just it's um it's one of those things where it's like um the fuck like people are going you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's this it's that moment of realization that there is a fucking thing called mortality and eventually it fucking gets everyone yeah um yeah some of them here pretty hard like i remember when cornell went oh, that was pretty rough yeah, yeah especially because it's yeah was, different circumstances yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah just the other just the other day i was um was with the girls then and um was having a cigarette waiting just getting she was getting something in the shops and um this like <coughs> cartload of young guys p players i gotta give them credit um, they just drove past and one of them just called out, fuck you, McGregor, and kept going. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't have time to react. I was just like, huh? Oh, yeah, okay, all right, fine. That's so fucking good, dude. Imagine someone that just generates so much hate even looking like him. I know. In I know. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but it's, but it's like, if you think I look like like one of the best UFC fighters in the world or whatever. <laughs> That's not Why a are you paying me out? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a reason you're in a car and Dude, it it's, away. It's because, no, it's because they knew you weren't. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How fucking funny is that, dude? I could just picture you going up on stage um, with the Irish flag over your shoulder, yeah. like, just to fucking, like, do the McGregor um, entrance. But yeah, so this this um, particular extract from this website um, is a series of HR complaints that had been lodged against a particular person in, in the office. Yeah, okay. So I've got this from, from this website, and as I mentioned before, it's um, 27B slash 6. And uh, this this segment, or this like part is, uh, yeah, just it's just called 10, 10, 10 formal complaints. Now, I'm not going to go through all 10. Um, one, because I'm terrible at fucking reading out loud. And two, <laughs> because, well, I feel like my reading is going to cause a formal complaint at some point <laughs> towards the podcast. Like, someone will put in a formal complaint, not about this, but about my fucking ability to read out loud. Um, but I read through this previously and basically chose a couple, which I'm like, that's fucking awesome but it's all with this one particular staff member and another one so it's a, a with like standing ongoing beef yeah that's awesome okay i had two boxes of business cards in my desk drawer and so, someone in uh, the last month and then he names the person <laughs> replaced them with cards that had my title um, changed from graphic designer to horse whisperer. <laughs> I don't know when he changed them, so I don't know how many I've given out to people. <laughs> this is a waste of company time and unprofessional. <laughs> but that's clearly bullshit, right? Like, the dude didn't actually do that or he did do it? Did that. 
Okay, so the complaints are real. So these are real. So some guy just so the person re- like writing these complaints, yeah, is real. I'm just going to use first so names. I'm going to use I'm going to use yeah. first names to like um, try and humanize the the yeah. um, interaction. So the person writing this complaint's name is Simon, and the person um, that he's referring to is a colleague called David. Okay. So he when he mentions it. Um, someone, someone in the last month, David replaced them. Like he's yeah. calling this person out, which leads me to believe there was a little bit of fucking investigation work that went into before the. <laughs> okay. Second complaint. While I was at the last, um, what? Sorry. While I was at lunch. Do you need me to like walk you through your ABCs? <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> it's because I pre-read the next line and then mixed them. Like, I you know, just yeah, some yeah, fucking yeah. creepy shit that I do. I think it's called dyslexia. But anyway, <laughs> um, while I was at lunch, a package came for me because I'd ordered a shirt online last week. It was on my on my desk uh, when I opened it. There was a pair of socks in it. And I could tell the package had been opened and tampered uh, and taped back up. When I went into David's office, he was wearing the shirt. <laughs> he did not have my permission to open the package or touch my mail or my personal property. Was he also barefooted? And like- oh, I wish that they went to that detail. When I read that, I was like, I wanted to know more about, about where the, the socks. socks. Yeah. Okay. The next one, he just straight up names the person. The first word is the person's name. <laughs> David keeps answering my phone by saying, "Hello, this is Simon." I have um, asked him multiple times to stop, but he still keeps doing it. Scott from one of our clients has asked for um, a PDF and David said um, he'd um, send that right away because it, uh, he, sorry, he won't have time to send that right away because it's time for his nap. <laughs> this is unprofessional and it um, changes the perception of, the, of us um, in the client's eyes. So he's basically answered the phone, said it was this other guy and been like, yeah, sure. I like, can't send that. Yeah. I've got to have a nap. I'll send like, I can't send that to you right now. <laughs> um, okay. This is, this is great. This is in my top couple of the 10. I put a Tupperware container in the fridge that had a sandwich and a Kit Kat in it. When I opened it at lunchtime, there was nothing but a pickle instead. (laughs) This is stealing. I know it was David because he said, "You um, you should go to lunch early because you deserve a break today. Which is what they say in the Kit Kat advert. He did not have permission to take my property. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. This is fantastic. While I was at lunch, David went to my computer and, um, and and went over the network without my permission 
to Photoshop Justin Bieber's face on top of all of my photos in my personal file. He did not have my permission to do this and his um is a waste of company time and damage to my personal property. <laughs> so these complaints were made in 2011, so I'm assuming it was like um a little bit uh more like local storage on people's computers. They must have had like personal files yeah, and folders yeah. and photos and shit on there. Okay. This is great. So this is also in one of my top couple of the complaints. I feel like I'm going to go through all of them because they're just getting, like, juicy. Yeah, yeah. So this is all the same dude, and these complaints are made, like, a few days apart. So, like, he's just <laughs> fucking consistent. It's just relentless, yeah. While I was downstairs in a meeting, David painted my iPhone white with liquid paper. This is damaging my personal property. And this is, underlined, the third time he's damaged my personal property on purpose. I knew it was him because before I went to the meeting, I said I wanted the new white iPhone. (laughs) There was liquid paper in the jack that the headphones go into, making it unusable. (laughs) While I was at work, well, sorry, while I was away yesterday, David moved my desk into the kitchen and moved the water cooler and bookshelf in um, and plant where my desk was. Then changed the photo of um, of my wife in the frame to a photo of the fridge (laughs) it took me two hours to move it all back by myself because when um because he said he was too busy um, researching wasps to help me This is what they say in the Kit Kat commercials. So fucking good. <laughs> fucking hell. Okay, and this is... Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay, and this will be my closer. It's not. I haven't read all of them, but like the, these are my top picks, and this is my uh, closer. So... I got an email from Louise saying to pay twenty, uh, pay seventy five dollars for swimming lessons because it was um, company safety regulations. When I gave her the money, she didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I know it was David because when I asked him if he'd done um, done the lessons as well, he said no because. Um, he showed them a copy of his high school s- swimming certificate. Um, and then rev- and then I discovered that um, th- this email was sent um, from Louise's. So the David guy sent it from Louise. Yeah, this is a, this is a waste of custom comedy. Com- uh, company time blah 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 basically the that one 
had trails off at the end yeah just like my ability to read yeah um <laughs> but it's obvious at this point that he's just sent an email on behalf of somebody else requesting yeah. $75 and then denied it when they fucking paid it. <laughs> Always finish on a strong note there. We, um, I, I worked with a guy and he took his pranks to the next level. Like, he, he was ridiculously good with it. Um, he uh, hunts. Um, yeah. So there's, like, multiple rifles and shotguns and stuff and he was telling me about it. it's really impressive how strong australia's gun control policies are mm. like in terms of registration and everything it's really good but um but yeah he um <coughs> he was hunting with some mates and they were stopped by a ranger or whatever else and monday he got in and no one else in the office would do it but i agreed to do it he'd written out a script for me to call his mate saying I was from the Department of Actuaries and Fisheries or some shit mm. and cite the guy's license plate number and give all this information that only that department could know, mm. but obviously he knew it because he was his mate. Mate, yeah. And so I had, like, and basically the whole script was designed to get the guy I was calling to throw my manager under the bus. Yeah. Like, I kept trying to egg him to be like, look, if you can tell us that this was believe you know we, we will believe you and he was like well i'm not gonna dog a mate like mm. you know but, and this sort of, it just went on and then Fuck eventually yeah. he cracked and he, he threw up his mate but it was so good oh fuck dude i I'm, i let it slip at that job that i'm arachnophobic and my birthday came around I never want my birthday known wherever i mm. work because you're gonna have a morning tea or some shit and you know i don't yeah. <clears throat> but um <laughs> he's out all morning like he was there at nine and then he just disappears and then we had our like um the consultancy company's lunch or whatever and they knew it was my birthday so whatever but he was gone for like three hours that morning and i unwrapped my present and it was like it, it was the size of a dinner plate it was a tarantula that was like a, behind glass mm. on like a white thing framed and he'd spent all morning driving out to Bungendore, or no, to Bray, uh, Brazeville? I don't know, somewhere, mm. to buy this thing so that he could give it to me. Fuck yeah. So he filmed me unwrapping it and like throwing it across the room and freaking out. And Actually? Then, yeah, and like put it on our company Yammer account. And then, every, whenever I was at work, I knew that that, spot, that massive tarantula thing was somewhere in the office so he'd only do it every now and then <coughs> um but i'd just lift up a piece of paper and it would be under it and i'd like hit the roof like you know but the best one he did was um i was in i was in our like back office having a meeting um and he'd messaged my my pm and said when you come out the door make sure ross walks out first and I don't know how long it took him, but he used see-through sticky tape and he had the spider hung mid-air at head height. So I'm having the meeting wherever <laughs> else, walk out the door and look, and basically this spider is just In three inches from my face. And I was like dry heaving. I almost king hit him. And like it was at that point that I had to be like, all right, dude, enough like we have to to stop dude that was the fucking like that was the final one anyway he probably would have not planned to do it again after that i feel 
Oh. That was his fucking, like, closing bit. Yeah, that was his swan song. But, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, he was, he was heaps good with, with that sort of thing. We, we had a guy that came and did, um, like, real techie support for us. And shit you not, his name was Steve Irwin. And so, <clears throat> you know, crocodile jokes all the time, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and because when he said, like, yeah, we're interviewing this new guy, his name's Steve Irwin, I was like, how long into the interview did you mention a crocodile? And he was like, oh, he brought it up before we sat down. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, straight away. Leaned into yeah, it, yeah. like, he, he just... He's doing he knew it was a thing. He's like, fuck it, I'm just going to have to address yeah. this. But he, because um, everyone locks their computer now, yeah. you know, whenever you go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anything, yeah. Yeah, but so Steve doesn't lock his computer and goes to the toilet, <clears throat> and my boss bolts up from his desk, runs over to his computer, fucks around for a little while, locks it, and then runs back, sits down, acts like nothing's going on. And he's watching for Steve the whole time. Steve unlocks his computer, and now his entire backdrop, all the icons are removed, is just a stingray. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd, I'd probably think of something subtle. So what I'd do is, um, because you don't check your signature before you send an email, right? Like you just like you you just set yeah, it to got an auto auto yeah. thing. I I would I would just make it be like you know, um, like crikey, Steve Irwin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just see, <laughs> and how just see how many emails he sent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rebecca that I had to write that security thing for, mm. I had I teed up this thing. She said an auto reply. Yeah, I had I, I set it up on the weekend, and I said oh, I need you to email me because I'm having these system issues or whatever else. And it, but it was for a couple of days away, and I had this like five minute window, and I was just praying that no one else emailed me like no especially no higher up you know in the department emailed me because i set my auto reply signature to say um <clears throat> like real somber and everything you know uh unfortunately mr cabinet passed away over the weekend but <laughs> yeah if you need to contact family and then listed my brother's name and actual mobile number and everything else just so that she'd be the only person hopefully in that window to email me and call my brother, and my brother Fuck. was in on it, and so, so yeah, she wasn't she wasn't happy about that one. But that's <laughs> fucking gold, dude. It's pretty brutal to do to a mate, though. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. That's yeah, some next level shit. But yeah, anyway, uh, and it was end on a high note. Fucking phase out on that last example, but there's like fucking eight in there for cunts to laugh at. So <laughs> hope you like that, and I also um, appreciate. Um, been able to have you on the show, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, man. It's good, good to catch up and um, yeah, shoot the shit, back have a laugh. Yeah, Lo- man. Loving the new studio and yeah. the casting couch that you're sitting on. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it's um, you may as well fucking um, give it the vibe that it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. All right, well, thanks for being on the fucking show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Um, if you're listening to the audio version of this show, make sure you check out the video version on YouTube under Marky Worthington Comedy. Um, and you can find me under the same name on Instagram and Facebook if you're not um, already liked those pages. Um, I also do game streaming on my Twitch at Marky, Gaming, Marky Worthington Gaming. 
Um, I said this on the previous episode of my brother. I'm like Jim's mowing. I'm like Jim's tag and test. Jim's fucking comedy. Like there's like Mikey Worthington comedy, Mikey Worthington gaming. Like what else am I gonna fucking do? Yeah. Yeah. But um. And you can find me nowhere else but here. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. This is Ross's platform. My <laughs> podcast. You can find Ross on Mikey Worthington comedy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but times. yeah man alright well uh, cheers for listening and I'll fucking catch you next don't buy me a drink just name names yeah, some yeah right big Tony you'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy yeah, disk all day make people feel shamed for shit all day yeah. <laughs> don't blow it into a hard drive yeah right <laughs> 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 we're here to keep it simple count your money that they're not proud of just give me ten bucks